You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusademus 2023, brought to you by the Lombok's Crusade. Dr. Strangin. Hello and welcome to the fourth day of the 12 days of Crusademus for 2023, brought to you by the Lombox Crusade. The 12 days of Crusademus is our gift to the podcasting community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 days of Crusademus, We'll bring you a hidden gem from a comic book series brought to you either by one of our Holly Jolly co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day, the best day of the year. Well, besides some birthdays, but birthdays are good ones too. Right, Delvin? Right, Pat. Yes. So we want to wish Delvin a very happy birthday in the future. (laughs) Or the past. Past. It's a late happy birthday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As of this recording, we're recording on Delvin's birthday. birthday. He's eating a delicious birthday steak while mm. we record. Well, with that, let's go ahead and tell you who's all here with me. Well, I'm your host for this fourth day of Crusademus, Pat DJ Christados Kringle. Speaking about the fourth day of Crusademus, did you guys know it's about four calling birds? Yes. You did? I did. Oh, yes. Hey, I'm calling. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. <laughs> tweet, 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 tweet. tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Since the birds are calling, I want to I want to run something by you. Maybe you guys might know this. What do you get when you cross a phone with a bird? What's oh, that, no, Pat? <laughs> a tweetathon. Yep, a tweetathon. We're gonna have two of you doing these bits. Now. I do. Ba- I do bad jokes. <laughs> this is, this is what's I do Christmas jokes. That is fine. Get twice can, as many bad you know, jokes. Yeah, you get twice as many jokes, and then I think what we can do then is the listeners can decide for that day which one they like. You know, uh, which one was worse, and which I one was I, worse, I still, and then the I think winner I still gets have a, a shot at this. Yeah, the the winner gets a, a stocking full of bits and bits and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> all the extra bits we have later. on. Yes. So, yep, that's right. It's a joke off a thon between Jared and myself now. But speaking about some jokes, here are the other three of the LBC Calling Birds. Joining me today is Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, also known as The Probe. Uh-huh. And uh, Feliz Navidad, Pat. Feliz Navidad as well to you. And as usual, I come with a joke. Oh, really? I do. Pat. In the summer of 1995, the third, kind of fourth, Batman movie came out. Starred Val Kilmer. It was called Batman Forever. And I mm. went and saw it at the theater, and I really enjoyed it. And I couldn't wait for it to come out on VHS. And it did come out on VHS on October 31st of 1995. But I was in college, and I didn't have a lot of money. And I didn't want to go spend, I think, like, when they came, remember when they were new? First came out, they were like $25 yeah, yeah. or something like that. For a piece of plastic? Yeah, so I kind of waited. I was waiting for the price drop, waiting for the price drop, and finally, I just I couldn't take it anymore. And by the time December rolled around, Christmas time, I went to the video rental store. That was a thing back in the day, kids. 
And I went in and I was like, fine, I'll just spend a few bucks. I just want to watch it again. So I'll spend a few bucks to watch it until the price drops. So I said to the guy at the video rental store, I said, I would like to rent Batman forever. And he said, well, you can do that, but I need it back by Friday. Well, well, well. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part of that joke is podcast listeners can't see it, but I can see Luis, our guest for tonight. (laughs) And it like it was a four second delay, and then it it landed. He was like, he started cracking up. It's my favorite part of Crusaders. <laughs> Get it back because I said I wanted to rip Batman forever, and he's like, oh, bring it back oh, by Friday. Back Luis, by Friday, I was just, Let's go ahead and welcome in Jason Albrick, aka Weasel Skull. Merry Christmas, Jason. Oh, Merry Christmas, Pat. Yeah, you guys are robbing the people of my presence with your joke. Hey, okay. right. I got a letter it here. It ties from, in with the Batman and the bird jokes. From yeah. Before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at that. That's advanced. That's advanced mashing wow. up right there. Look at the brain on Weasel Skull. Oh, boy, I tell you. I'm like a pop out tonight. of the pool. But unfortunately, that's all you got because I've got a, I got a note here from Mary Jane. She says um, her feelings are really hurt, so she's not going to be recording with us this year. But she has noticed a lack of progress on the Christmas party front oh. pat she yes. calls you out here she says pat you need to make sure that you bring all the stuff up out of the basement mm. by tomorrow okay not, not everything something needs to stay down there. Yeah. yeah yeah i was gonna someone, say I gotta be... someone needs to stay down there. is she willing to cause a distraction or something has she ever done anything but mm. <laughs> wow. all right i'm just okay yeah. let's see what else okay that's her christmas list okay Page two's her Christmas list. Page three's her Christmas. Okay, Jared, you get with legal. You know, you know Ruth when she hits yes. the sauce, right? Yep. Okay, you know what you got to do. All right, I'm on she wants that done by the end of the week. Done, Delvin. It just says chocolate fountain. I don't know if she's referring to you or if she wants Again, you to get a chocolate like fountain. Two of them now. Every year, it's like, is it a nickname? Is it a, is it an assignment? I'll have to get clarification. You want two now? I don't. I don't get it. That's all. Merry Christmas. Welcome, Louise. In small writing at the bottom, what was it before you changed? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was it before you changed it, Louise? <laughs> Well, Jason, thank you for uh, bringing us the messages from Mary Jane. We do appreciate it. And it, it seems like she's getting, keeping us on our toes, keeping us on top of things. So I do appreciate that. Might be something extra in her stocking. But don't tell her. It might be. We'll see. Speaking about Chocolate Fountain, let's go ahead and talk to Delvin the Dark Web Williams. Delvin, Merry Christmas. Hi, hi Pat. Merry Christmas, Pat. Merry Christmas. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. Yourself? I'm doing fantastic. In preparation for the comic book that we're about to read, you know, I was a little motivated and I went and I got a video and it was called Nurse Strange. And I'm going to tell you all about it. Did you find that in Sean's, Sean's box of old videos? <laughs> Maybe. I, <laughs> it is, it is like similar, but not a very intricate plot <laughs> that was going on. And I'll tell you about it later. Don't, don't worry about it. had a label that said, movies I taped off of Cinemax, but he spelled Cinemax <laughs> S-H like Cinemax. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's probably Sean's. You don't want to mess yeah. with that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. I did watch it, though. All right. I, I, what can I say? I'm, I'm not proud. All right. Well, thank you, Delvin, for going through Sean's stuff and just seeing what we want to keep, what we want to put away. I, I do appreciate that. 
did you happen to find any um, extra like Christmas stuff that maybe Sean kept around? Yeah, I actually did. He he had some pipes uh, oh, okay. that were for oh, you, yeah. but ah, yeah. Well, would you? Were, but yeah, yeah. We can talk about that later. Oh, you know? Okay. Uh, All right. We will definitely wanna, talk about that. We shouldn't talk imports exports on the air. Yeah. Okay. We'll yeah. we'll keep it at that. Okay. We'll talk later. I'll, I'll talk to Mary Jane as well too, and we'll, we'll get things figured out. All right. Well, speaking about reading something today. We have our very special guest who has been waiting through all these bits and bits and bits and bits that we've been doing. I think he's still there. <laughs> I hope, yeah, I think he's still there, but please welcome joining us around the fireplace with some hot cocoa in hand. It is Luis Pachon from the 007 Vintage YouTube channel. Hello, Luis, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure for me to be here. It's great to have you here. And since you're here, I noticed that you brought something in that stocking. What What is gift wrapped in that stocking you have? As you heard in the singing intro today, it's for Dr. Strangin, which means we are unwrapping Dr. Strange, The Oath, number one from 2007, published by Marvel. And now for a brief history of this series, and the creators. The Oath is a five-issue miniseries published by Marvel Comics, as I said before, in 2007, featuring the character Doctor Strange, which is a, which is a favorite of mine. The series was written by Brian K. Vaughan. I think I am pronouncing that right. If not, please forgive me. <laughs> With art by Marcos Martin, which is easier to pronounce <laughs> to me. The story follows Doctor Strange as he searches for the person who tried to kill him, while he also looks for a stolen magical elixir that will cure the terminal cancer of a very close friend. No spoilers yet. Doctor Strange finds himself facing another disciple of the Ancient One who has learned about the elixir and is determined to destroy it. The themes exploring the Oath, which I consider is one of my favorite comics from uh, the character include the price of knowledge and power, which is something that happens frequently with the character, the responsibilities of those who possess this, both things, and the sacrifices necessary to maintain it. The story also touches upon the nature of heroism, of course, he's a superhero, the role of friendship and loyalty, and the balance between science and magic, which is like the bridge Doctor Strange tries to create in his adventures. Overall, The Oath is a compelling story that showcases Doctor Strange's unique abilities and explores the complexities of the Marvel Universe magical lore. The series has been highly regarded by fans, like me, <laughs> and critics alike, and it remains a significant contribution to the mythology of the character. Some of the main reasons I love this book are... In first place, the character development. As I mentioned before, the Oath provides deeper exploration of Doctor Strange's character and the relationship he has with Wong, who has been traditionally depicted as his servant. But here, the relationship between them is closer and it, he's depicted more as a friend rather than a, than a servant which was something very common in the comics back in the day, right? When the superheroes had assistants, uh, sidekicks, and mm -hmm. servants because of the nature of aristocratic 
origins and so on. Uh, it also delves into his motivations and fears and shows the lengths he's willing to go to save the people he cares for. Also, the book has a lot of action and adventure. The series features plenty of action as Doctor Strange battles against mystical threats and people corrupted by the temptations of the use of magic, even if the original intentions by these people were altruistic in nature. Also, magic and mysticism, of course, fans of Doctor Strange will appreciate this serious use of magic and mysticism and the exploration of the mystical lore that is around these characters, especially the challenges Uh, someone has to face in order to save something or someone precious. The artwork, which I mentioned before too, is uh, made by Marcus Martin, is stunning and captures the fantastical and mystical elements of the story, making it a visual treat for readers. Uh, the panels are wonderfully designed, at least in my opinion. Have you, any of you read any Doctor Strange comics before? Gerald, uh, please. Let me know about Doctor Strange in your life. <laughs> I will let you know, but I, first I have to point out that English is uh, not Luis's first language, and he dropped, I think, altruistic intentions, I believe, back there, which I'm not certain Pat could do. No, not at all. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to get... I'm looking it up right now. I don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about Doctor Strange. I have never really sat down and read any of his books. Like I remember Sorcerer Supreme, I think was on the shelf in the nineties. And of course I think he had, you know, a seventies book and sixties books and yeah, an eighties book. I remember seeing that around, but I never really read it. So all my exposure to Dr. Strange is really tangential. Like when he shows up in Spider-Man or when he shows up in what a enter any Marvel, other Marvel title that I have read, you know, here. Although I did dabble in the Defenders for a little bit. I want to say it was around like the 2004-ish version. And he was running with them in, in the Defenders. But short version, I've never read a truly Doctor Strange-focused book until you brought this to Crusademus. And I'm looking forward to talking about it. Thank you, Jared. Uh, Jason, what about you? Yes, as we discussed a little bit before the show, my oldest son really got into Doctor Strange. And in fact, I know he read The Oath and he really enjoyed it as well. So I've read some Doctor Strange stuff that he's left lying around. He was particularly interested in the old, like Gene Colan era, Doctor Strange, and then Defenders as well. So I had a pretty good grasp on the character, although I, I have not myself read The Oath, so this one was new to me. Thank you, Jason. Pat, what about you? Well, like Jared, it's hearsay, and you see him around the universe as you're reading and have been you know reading through Marvel Comics throughout our lives. I've had a few Doctor Strange comics that I think were part of like crossovers, definitely part of the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity crossover uh, th those kind of comics but that's about it and when i read them they were you know back then when they first came out and it was okay i'm because i was a sucker for buying all the tie-ins so i'd buy them and read them and that was about it but it never really hooked me at all so seen the movies like the movies definitely and so this is the first time reading the oath as well thank you pat delving how strange is dr strange in your life <laughs> as far as collecting him 
Individually, quite strange. Uh, I have picked him up in team books before. Pretty sure he's popped up, just like Jared mentioned in Spider-Man. And I may have collected some defenders here and there, but I have never collected a Doctor Strange, either ongoing series or mini series. So this was new to me. Okay, so, well, I'm happy to bring then Doctor Strange here to here to discuss it and, and well, sharing this kind of discovery, common discovery among us. Well, now for a quick summary of this particular issue. Uh, on a rainy New York City night, Wong, the servant to the Sorcerer Supreme, drags an unconscious and bleeding Doctor Strange into night nurse's hospice, desperate for help. Strange had been shot during a burglary while Wong was out buying groceries. In his astral form, Strange urgently warns Night Nurse that he may die before Wong finishes explaining. So obviously this is the framing device for beginning the whole story. Meanwhile, inside the office of a shady figure, a thief named Brigand hands over a bottle of a presumably magical elixir and an amulet claiming he killed Doctor Strange, which obviously is not the case during the theft. He shows a gun that was previously owned by a certain infamous German leader from the 1930s that fires silver bullets as proof. The shady figure in the dark chastises him for not ensuring Strange's death and explaining that if the liquid turns out to be what he thinks it is, he would flush it down the toilet. As Night Nurse operates on Strange, Wong explains how the Sorcerer Supreme learned of his terminal cancer and how Strange discovered a potential cure. Despite Wong's attempt to keep his illness a secret, while at the same time looking for his replacement uh, to serve Doctor Strange, Strange refuses to accept his fate and seeks out something called Otkit's Elixir, which is a sort of panacea in another dimension, of course, is not easy to find. The issue ends in a very dramatic fashion with a wonderful panel of Strange, which I find really, really compelling, exhausted as after the battle with this supernatural beast, Odd Kid, I think is the, is the name, which happened off screen. Actually, we only see the beast and then we see Doctor Strange like exhausted after this uh, very dramatic battle holding the vial with the elixir and claiming that it was the cure for cancer. So, guys, what do you think about this issue, the oath number one? Pat, tell me, what do you think about this? Luis, I think from what you said, what you loved about this issue is everything I wanted to bring up about the issue. The character development, not knowing a lot about Doctor Strange, They give you the meat of it. And in fact, like that one two-page spreads where it just says, I'm Dr. Strange, and he's explaining it to Night Nurse, you know, how he came about to be who he is. They did a really great quick job of just getting you to know the character, where he has been, what he's doing, and moving on into it. And then his re- the relationship he has with Wong, and, you know, you start to go, oh, man, I, you know, your heart starts to pull <laughs> that way and go, well, I hope the doctor gets alive because, you know, someone's got to help Wong out here. <laughs> And, you know, they're introducing the night nurse. I've, I've heard of her, but interesting character. I hope there's some love involved, you know, some love involved later on between him and her. I think that would be a cool kind of duel together. Mystics and the magic was pretty good. It wasn't overwhelming at all. And, you know, and I think a lot of that was helpful from watching the movies 
can now start to kind of see this all play out in my head as a movie and which I really liked. I'm like, wow, why did they make this into a part of the movie? This would be really cool for a Doctor Strange to give him more character in the movies. And then, you know, the artwork just right off the bat, that splash page of just that first page, I think it's all kind of just art. So you kind of understand the story that's going on and you see Iron Fist and I don't know who that girl was. I'm assuming some spider person. Aranya. Aranya, okay. So she had a Spider-Man shirt and she talked about Spider-Man. So I'm like, I'm assuming. She's she in the a, family. Okay. And then just the theme that you mentioned here, him trying to help somebody, the night nurse, what does she all do? Who has she helped? And her quick backstory on that, man, just so much to bring you into this Doctor Strange environment that I wanted to go ahead and start to read more, especially with the drop at the end. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's a different thing now. What do you do with that? If you have the cure, do you just save Wong and do you save everybody? What do you do? I, I don't know. I really liked this particular issue that you brought. It just pulls you in and jumps you forward into Doctor Strange world. Thank you, Pat. Okay, Jared, please let me know what do you think about my choice for today? Oh, man, nothing but praises. A lot of repeating what Pat said. I have four main bullets. One, love the intro with Aranya and Iron Fist. Uh, Aranya is actually a book that I'm familiar with. My wife collected it. I want to say it was an early 2000s book. And so it was neat to see her, and it was great dialogue between the two. I mean, Brian Vaughn's good at that kind of thing. And then the interaction with the night nurse, you know, him, Dr. Strange, trying to be kind of the perfectionist, letting the reins go and letting her do what she does, and then complimenting her on her sutures. You know, that's like a big thing for him. Like, just their dynamic was really fun to read. Brigand, what an interesting guy. He's got the Hitler werewolf gun. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? You know I love that bonkers stuff. So that was bonkers enough for me to be like, that's okay. And I just want to know more about Bregan. So that's a seed well planted. And then the big home run hit is just the dynamic between Steven and Wong. It hits you in the heart. Later on, we're going to hear somebody break this down by something, something heart. And I know the heart's going to get maximum points. I know it is. Like, that was, when I read it, man, I almost got choked up. Like, I was like, this is, I, I don't even read that much Doctor Strange, but this is so, so good. You know, it, it just, it's played so well off of people's assumptions to, oh, this is your manservant? Like, no, this is my friend. And then he was like, no, I'm not his, his servant, but I'm honored to serve him. It's like, oh, like everything they said to each other, just perfect. What an awesome book. Great feelings. I'll keep talking if you don't stop me, so I will stop myself. I think Delvin might be next. Thank you, Jared. Yes, Delvin. Thank you for bringing up Aranya. I didn't know the character before reading this, this issue, so it, nice nice point. Delvin, tell me, what do you think about this issue? Yeah, just to quickly piggyback off of what Jared said, yeah, sometimes people act like it's a bad thing to be a servant. It's not. Like, some of our best leaders started off as servants because you need to know how to be in a position of servitude and to help. I mean, it, it can it can and will be an, an honorable thing. That's like someone talking down about Alfred Pennyworth. Who the hell would ever talk down about Alfred Pennyworth? He is a servant to Batman, yes, but standalone, he absolutely is his own man and Lord. Just like Jared, I could probably talk about that all day. And I love that they talked about that dynamic, though, because the term that Night Nurse used that made me bristle was like slave boy. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> like, wow, 
that was incredibly rude of Night Nurse, who, as, as Night Nurse, don't get me wrong, is an awesome character. She's awesome. And I, I would imagine that Brian K. Vaughn used that term intentionally to evoke emotion. It did with me. And so moving on to the rest of the book, because I, I, I could talk about that dynamic alone because it was great. I mean, well, you, you can, the dynamic kind of, that dynamic really was about the book. I mean, Doctor Strange cared so much about Wong that he went to another dimension and fought this insanely powerful creature in order to even give this man a chance to live. You know, you don't do that to a friend. Like, uh, not I mean, you. There, you have levels of friends, right? You, you, you do that to one of your best friends in life. You do that to a for a soulmate. And so that dynamic that they brought forth with Doctor Strange and Wong was incredible. It was wonderful. And so that on top of great artwork, it started off with a light moment because I think this book needed a light moment with that, just the dialogue between Iron Fist and Aranya, which was great. And it also touched on just some of the vulnerabilities of Doctor Strange. And Luis, help me out. When did this book come out? 2007. So this was before Benedict Cumberbatch even took the screen as Doctor Strange. But y'all, couldn't this be a Benedict Cumberbatch movie? Yeah. Like, couldn't you yeah. imagine Benedict Cumberbatch doing this? And that is the ultimate compliment for it. I read this and I felt like, man, like Doctor Strange seems interesting and intriguing. And yep, like most superheroes who, I mean, he went from being the expert in his field at, I can't remember, at just at neurosurgery, was it? Just like some incredibly complex layer of surgery to having his hand shattered to now becoming the world's best sorcerer supreme. So yeah, the man is arrogant, but it's because he's so dang good. But he too also learned how to serve others. He is that good, but he knows how to serve others. And that's the first issue. Tons of great things in the book. The artwork was beautiful to look at too. Just nothing but high marks on this book. Jason, I hope I left you something, man. I'm, I'm sorry for talking so long, but as we are wont to do, we talk more when it's a book that we find intriguing. Okay. Book good. Jason, <laughs> book good. <laughs> okay. No, in all seriousness, all the guys hit the main points. I guess I'll just follow up by saying the term samurai means to serve. And you see those characteristics of honor and dignity and putting others above yourself in Wong in this first issue. And then... You also get to see Doctor Strange and all of his quirks, his idiosyncrasies, his flaws. You know, like Jared said, he's arrogant. And there's a panel in there that summed up that frustration when his hands start shaking when he's holding the pills, when he's talking about, I can do the surgery, and he realizes he can't. And he throws those pills down in frustration. And then the part where Wong ends up fighting that gang of of folks, while Strange is just off in his own world and his own spell. It's like, oh, I didn't know those guys were there. That interaction was just so cool. And then when Strange opens that portal and Wong says, now wait a minute, let's think about this. You're about to jump through there 
to get a maybe something that may be there that may be able to help me. But worst case scenario, you can unleash this beast and you can be killed. And Strange doesn't even hesitate. Like back in a sec, you know, jumps through the jumps through the portal. And you all nailed it. That scene where he's just bloodied, tattered, and victorious over the body of that giant creature holding that thing. That's you know, that's the hero that we love in Doctor Strange. So you get like the full panoply of all of his strengths, his weaknesses, all in this one issue. And it's just awesome. And you get Wong. And we talked about Brigham. I like the rest of you folks. Like, what is up with this guy? He's got a little arrogance to him too, but he's also got some skill. And then the only one we didn't really mention was the mystery guest there, the mystery villain which I'm going to assume is some head of some pharmaceutical company that wants to make sure that this cure for cancer never reaches the market. But, oh man, it's just great first issue for a limited series and I will be reading the rest of it. Thank you, Jason. And actually, I omitted the name of the villain in the summary because as I was told, my mission is to invite people to read the rest of the of the issues <laughs> yes, good that invitation yes. is received <laughs> and will be accepted sir okay <laughs> yes there is something i would like to add before we move to the next point and it's the fact that the battle and the risk and the danger is implicit but not explicit and everything is driven by wong's reaction to strange determination and willingness to go and risk his life And in, in this way, the economy of language allows more character development rather than the action that we are used to in this kind of uh, comic book setting. So it's something that I particularly found uh, very, very nice and interesting. And I really love that issue because of that particular thing. So now it's time for you to rate your interest in the series. I think that I can anticipate some of the results, but I would like to have the formula here using the official Crusade Mass candy cane scale. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 12 candy canes, 12 being extremely interested and 1 being not interested at all, how many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues of this title? Delvin, how many candy canes? I'm warning you guys, if I set the bar and all of you just go higher, than the bar just to spite me. I'm, I'm going to be angry at you three. There's I'm, one sure way to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I know that. And and, and since <laughs> the bar was unfairly set with Luke Cage <laughs> and maybe the most iconic panel that I've ever read out of a comic book ever, uh, with that in my mind, this book is an 11. It was fantastic. I want to be absolutely clear in that. I love the art. I love the story. I love that Doctor Strange was an interesting, flawed character and in that he can pull and, and be the center of fantastic storylines uh, such as this. I was amazed and surprised at that. And I hope that uh, the 11 uh, out of 12 that I gave it shows that. Thank you, Delvin. Pat, what about you? How many candy canes? Well, Not in spite of Delvin, but I am going to give this 12 because it really pulled me in. The artwork, as Delvin said, the story, the character. 
I want to read more of this Doctor Strange. I want to read more of what's happening. So I'm, I'm all in on this one. Thank you, Pat. Jared, Candy Canes, how many? Honestly, when I finished reading this by myself, I had it at 11, just like Delvin. But you know what they say, Christmas is the time to be an So I'm going to give it a 12. At- <laughs> yeah, and with that, Jared, you can't go wrong. <laughs> Good one, Pat. Oh, no, I, I really did have it as, as I was like thinking about it. I think this is 11, but just as we talk through it and it's just, there's so much good. And just this one little issue, I definitely want to read the rest. Like definitely. And yeah, I, I got to go 12 and I'm not doing it despite Delvin. I'm really not. It just, I had it at 11 and then through this discussion, it just fired me up even more. Bah humbug to you, Delvin Williams. <laughs> okay, Jared. Jason, let us know. How many candy canes? Well, humor, heart, spectacle, and art. Humor, you know, this one's unique because it's not a knee slapper funny book. It's a dark book. But the humor that they had in there was so well placed. And so at just the right time and the right level, I'm giving it a three. Because I straight up chuckled just to see Iron Fist putting an ice pack on his knee in a waiting room. (laughs) And we said, uh, no, we are not a couple. (laughs) Uh, That that opening dialogue. We're a team, not a couple. (laughs) I'm giving it a three. Heart, three. I don't need to. We've all talked about it, obviously. Spectacle, three. There's a two-page spread in there that just summarizes the history of Doctor Strange perfectly with beautiful art. And spectacle, three. I'm going to give it a three as well. I mean... We have a full-down fist fight with Wong on those dudes. We got Strange squaring off against Murder Cat. The astral form uh, conversation with Night Nurse was brilliant. So I don't even need to give you a bonus candy cane, Louise. It's it's a 12. Only an God asshole will give you an 11. 75% of us. <laughs> yes, of course. So, so it, it's as soon as, as soon as Louise said I was coming first, like, I, I know how this is going to unfold. I knew it. I knew it right away. I, I hate you guys. I hate you guys so very much. Just let me give you one last recommendation for the series in general. The Oath, it's a great title for a great limited series to get to know Doctor Strange. Many elements of this work were used in the first movie and highlights one of Strange's main character traits, which is his stubbornness and not acceptance of fate. But this particular issue and this particular series render the character obnoxious and unsy- or unsympathetic. You actually um, uh, feel very close to the character because of what he's experiencing uh, in this particular situation. Not only the one cancer situation, but also the general uh, problem with uh, having the cure for cancer and what to do with it. So uh, it's a short, compelling story, uh, five issues. It's quite short, actually. And I think that this series please fans of the character and will be something very nice to introduce the character to newcomers. It's my, my recommendation for this particular series. Well, thank you, Luis, for uh, definitely bringing this. It was just a, a great read. And, you know, as you can tell, four out of the five panelists can't be Wong on this one. You know, it, it's a winner. It's 12 candy canes all the way. I'm only leaving one of those in. The other's coming out. So choose which one you, <laughs> you want. I don't know. Whatever one works. But 
Come on, I have. There's no again. long answer. Yeah, there's no. Uh, yeah. Two longs don't make a right. Ying yang, whatever. <laughs> well, with that, that's going to wrap up day four of the twelve days of Crusademus. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics that we cover here on the show, or if you give this one or any of the other recommendations a try. Let us know what you think. And you can do that by going to Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade, and leave us a comment there. You can also send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com, or you can leave us a phone message as well, too. We'd love to hear a phone message that we can maybe play at the end of day 12. So wouldn't that be fun to hear some phone messages at the end of day 12 as well? So call us, leave us a voice message with your Christmas greeting and what you think of these issues that are being recommended to you. And they can be done at 707-532-5269. That number again is 707-532-LBOX. Responde, contesta el teléfono. And if you are loving Crusademus and didn't get a chance to listen last year or just want to hear more and more Crusademus, and why wouldn't you? You can scroll all the way back. In fact, how far back should you go? Well, let me tell you. All you the accent. Yeah. Oh, all sorry. the accent. Nope, all the way back. <laughs> all the way back. You can go all the way back to old episodes from 2022, 2021, 2020, 2019. But wait, there's more. 2018. And if you act now and scroll way back, we're going to throw in from the beginning 2017. Woo! What a bargain! Woo! And it's all for free. You can't shake that with a stick. That that's not how that phrase works. It's not a thing. <laughs> well, you no? can't shake that you with can't a beat stick. That with a stick. Yeah. More than you can shake a stick at. You can't beat that uh, with a stick. Like you're mixing. <laughs> you're mixing yes. your metaphors. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here in the festively decorated Long Box Crusade Studios. Thanks for having me, fellas. Seriously. I wish you a joyful and peaceful holiday season filled with love, warmth, and happiness. May you enjoy the company of loved ones and create unforgettable memories that will last a lifetime. Happy holidays to you all. Until next time, DJ Chris Tattles, play me a Christmas jam. Wiggly, 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 whack.
All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. I'm going to have to ask Louise real quick. How do you say pick up the phone in Spanish? Uh-huh. Or answer the phone. Responde, contesta el teléfono. Contesta now, el teléfono. Now do that in a sexy voice. Responde, contesta el teléfono. I almost got it. He already did it in a sexy voice. Yeah. <laughs> did you just hear him? Yeah, yeah, kind of just take that part and just put it in. Yeah, just use different. that part. Yeah, Con, just use what yeah. he said. Contesta el teléfono. Contesta yeah. el teléfono. <laughs> Contesta el teléfono. <laughs> favorite part of that i die i was i'm gonna talk about beating sticks and shaking a stick and then louise is like thanks for listening everyone <laughs> like, he's the only professional on our crew <laughs>